This is episode number 261 of the Fearless Presentations Podcast, the fastest, easiest way to eliminate public speaking fear. Want to absolutely eliminate public speaking fear? This podcast is the answer. Here's the guy who literally wrote the book on Fearless Presentations, Doug Stannard. everybody, welcome to Fearless Presentations. I'm Doug Stannard, CEO of the Leaders Institute, and my goal is to help you become a fearless and confident speaker and presenter. Last week, I started a series on how to get paid to speak, and if you're a new listener to Fearless Presentations, you might be thinking, oh my God, how in the heck am I going to get paid to speak if I'm scared to death to stand up in front of a group? And if that's the case, then just go back to some of the earlier episodes for tips on how to reduce nervousness. But on the next couple of episodes, this one and the next couple, I'm going to show you how you can actually cash in on one of the highest paid professions in the world. And that is becoming a professional speaker, becoming somebody that gets paid to speak. And and I mentioned last week, by the way, that I'll use that term a lot, professional speaker. But in reality, all a professional speaker is, is just somebody who gets paid to give a presentation. That's it. So teachers do it, trial attorneys, salespeople, and, and really any supervisor or manager at any company in the world are all professional speakers. They're all getting paid to speak. The problem with most of those professions, though, is that most of those people actually have a lot of really, really good information, valuable information that they give away for free. And uh, the the cool thing about what we're going to cover in this series is I'm going to show you that the information that you have is very, very valuable. And by just changing a few things, you can actually build up your credibility as an expert to generate additional streams of income for yourself. So today I'm going to give you a five-step checklist to accomplish in order to get other people or other groups to to pay you to stand up in front of them and and speak to them. By the way, if you are enjoying the episodes, I need a favor from you. Please make sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave me a review wherever you download the podcast. Your subscriptions, downloads, and especially the reviews help me keep the content of the show free because it allows us to reach a much bigger audience. By the way, the episode is sponsored by fearlesspresentations.com. So if you're looking for a faster way to reduce public speaking fear or become a more persuasive speaker, we've got two-day public speaking classes coming up in cities like Tampa, Phoenix, Charlotte, St. Louis, Chicago, Las Vegas, Cincinnati, New York, Indiana, Philadelphia, and Dallas. For details about those classes or any other class on our schedule, just go to our website at fearlesspresentations.com. All right, so let's get on with today's episode. So let's say you want to be a paid and very successful speaker. Well, there are five things that you're going to need to become a professional speaker. We're going to go through these kind of step by step. Uh, Keep in mind that um, each of these have kind of varying degrees of importance, but the first one is really, I think, the most critical. And so the very first thing, this is the most important thing that you need to, to have if you want to be a professional speaker is you need to hone your craft before you start to dabble into professional speaking, Uh, meaning that if you want to be a professional speaker about professional speaking, you know, if you want to be a motivational speaker or something like that, there are very, 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 very few people on the face of the earth who have ever done that. It's, it's one of those things. It's just not, 
kind of a natural progression where you um, start off on day one and you're a motivational speaker. Most of the time, you will have to have done something else and have been a grand success at that thing in order to become a motivational speaker. So um, let me kind of give you a a couple of examples here. Like for instance, a a few years ago, I had a young man who attended one of my public speaking classes. And he told me right at the beginning of the class that his goal was to help young people make better decisions. And so it seemed like a noble goal. That sounded like a pretty good plan. And so I asked him how he wanted, you know, what what he wanted to do in order to make this thing happen or what, what was his vision about how he was going to how this was going to take place and he said that he wanted to become a professional speaker and then get paid to speak at school so he was going to go to elementary schools junior high schools middle schools that kind of thing and go speak to kids motivate them and that school districts or principals at these schools would pay him a fee to to go and speak um, so I, I, I immediately as I'm kind of listening to his his plan I, I'm I'm starting to get a little discouraged about what he wants to do. Number one, yeah, schools have revenue and they have money, but most of the time they're, they they can't really use that money to bring in a professional speaker and pay them a fee to, to come and speak. That's it. You can, it, it can be done, not necessarily the great, the best way, you know, so the plan already had a few little flaws in it. So I asked him a few more questions and I realized that this guy's profession was as an HVAC installer. And so basically he was the guy that would go out and work on air conditioners or install air conditioners and in, in houses and he was telling me that he grew up in a tough neighborhood, and but he was able to escape that that poverty, escape that that challenging childhood, by getting into a good profession. However, you know, the more I kind of talked to him, I, I started to notice that he had never actually made it past the first rung in his career. He he was still doing the same thing in the air conditioning industry that he had done the day he started. So he had never gotten to a supervisory position. He'd never run a truck. He'd never started his own company. He had never done anything other than just that, that first thing. And he was making a pretty decent living doing it, but um, he'd never supervised or coached even a single person. So being able to get paid to supervise or to mentor or coach young people seemed a little bit unrealistic. And, and I think the thing after kind of talking with him, I think the big challenge that he had is he believed that no one would pay him to speak because he hadn't yet yet developed the great speaking skills. So he was asking me, he was coming to my classes to help for me to help him become a better speaker so that people would now pay him to speak. And I had to subtly tell him that 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 wasn't really the case. That wasn't the reason why people weren't paying him to speak. And so um organizers, people that are are um, in charge of putting together meetings and, and conventions and that kind of thing, they hire professional speakers to share wisdom from their own experience. So these organizations have challenges that they're trying to overcome, and they're looking for people who have already overcome those challenges to come and speak to them. So you can't, you can't learn these things from reading books, and, and you can't really learn them by listening to other speakers. You learn this wisdom re- literally from the school of hard knocks. So I suggested that this HVAC guy start by learning to speak about the profession that he was already good at. And, and so I said, hey, why not volunteer to record a few frequently asked question videos, FAQ videos for the company that you currently work for? That would give him some 
some experience, uh, give him a chance to do something that's a little nerve wracking and get good at it. And especially after he did it a few times, he'd get better and better and better. That would help him start to develop that skill. Plus, it would give him something to show people if he ever wanted to, to get into the speaking career. Or maybe he could create a presentation about how to cut your cooling expenses in the summer months. A lot of people want that. A lot of organizations, companies want somebody to come in and say, hey, you, I can help you cut your, your cooling expenses, that electric expenses, expense that, you're, that is bombarding you in the summer. I can help you decrease by that by you know, 5, 10%. That's worth money. That is a valuable skill. And he could, so he could turn that into a career in speaking. Or if he really wants to help kids, why not go to the local schools that he was kind of talking about speaking to anyway? And instead of doing that, maybe recruit a few, a few apprentices and then help those kids do what he did. Basically help them get to the point where he's at. And then as he develops this skill, then the more schools will, will request that he come and speak to them as well. So the thing is, is that if, if you want to be a professional speaker, you can't just kind of sit out and say, oh, I'm, an, I'm a motivational speaker. You should hire me. You, you really have to go and perfect your craft. You have to go do something else, be, be a success in something, and then use that success as a springboard to help you start your, your speaking career. So the second thing that is really important and, and one thing that you want to focus on is you need to create a well-developed, almost magnetic presence when you deliver your presentations. I mean, if you think about it, all successful speakers are, are they're confident, number one, but they also know how to draw the crowd's attention and then keep it. So if even if you're not a, a model, a spokesmodel, or a boxing champion, or a billionaire, you can still develop a strong presence when you stand up to speak. Uh, believe in what you say and be excited about that, the information that you that you that you're sharing to your audience. And when you do that, you want to share your experiences, which is kind of what I just talked about in the previous point. So let the audience know that they can benefit from your knowledge. Remember that, that you're doing them a favor by sharing what you know and what you believe in, and, and you'll radiate that that confidence. So how do you create this dynamic presence. Well, here are a few things. Uh, by the way, um, I'm, I'm going to give you just a few cursory kind of things that you can do, but I'm, put, I'm putting uh, links to additional posts in the show notes. So basically, if you go to the description, go look at the, the full show notes, there'll be links to additional information about how to develop each of these types of, of, of skills to develop that that um, that that presence in front of a group. So the first thing that you can do is catalog your, your success stories. Uh, by the way, you can also catalog your failure stories too. As a matter of fact, as you develop your craft, you're, you're going to have challenges. You're not going to get everything honed in on the very first time. So what you want to do is document these challenges, keep a journal or just open up notepad on, on your smartphone. And as you figure stuff out along the way, you'll want to share those successes and failures with your audience. So catalog those things. Those things are going to be very, very important, especially as you start to create your presentations. The second thing that you can do to, to really hone in or, and, and create a better presence is show energy and enthusiasm. Great speakers show great enthusiasm from the stage. Few, uh, there are a few things that you can do really quickly and easily. Speak faster, speak passionately about your topic. People will follow a leader who is going somewhere. And then the third thing that you can do to increase your presence or create that dynamic presence is to add showmanship to your professional speeches. If, if you do what every other speaker does, you're, you're never going to be able to really set yourself apart from them. So be different. 
By the way, we're going to go over the specifics about each of these things in the next couple of weeks and next couple of episodes. So, so stay tuned for all of that. So the third thing that you can do to, uh, or third, third aspect that you need to develop in order to be a professional speaker is you want to become the absolute expert on your topic within your industry. So whether you're the king of Hollywood, the wolf of Wall Street, or the president of your local neighborhood association, one thing is for certain, when you're a public speaker, you're an expert in that niche or that niche. Your goal is to have people listen to what you have to say, and then they have to actually take your advice and apply it in their own life. So ideally, your speech will will better their personal circumstances. The way that you can do this is to make it a personal mission to be the absolute best at whatever it is that you do. No matter what that thing is, you know, becoming a local expert will will make you the go-to source and a must-hear in their hearts and and in their minds. So remember though that you don't have to be an expert at everything. The old adage is that the riches are in the niches, right? So I'll give you a really good example. I have a friend who helps small businesses create websites that are are highly searchable for like local traffic. So um, he, he isn't creating the next Facebook or Amazon. Instead, he specializes in getting websites for companies or organizations like local plumbers to show up when people search within a 20 mile area for a plumber. So her, his first big client, by the way, the reason I'm saying plumber is that his first big client was a plumber and the results that he got that, that plumbing company worked so well that the company kind of doubled its revenue within four months. And so since he had already had a pretty good success with that industry and since he could work virtually, he didn't have to, to commute every day to a new client's office or anything like that. So basically what he went, did was he went about 30 miles away since he had, so he had targeted, he had targeted that plumber's um, uh, listings for the, a 20 mile radius. So he went 10 miles further than that, did the same thing for another plumber. And then he did it in the next city over the next city over. And then uh, basically in major cities throughout the state that he was in, then he went to the next state and he did that over and over and over again. Before long, he was being asked to speak at both plumbing association meetings. So the plumbers, when they have their association meetings, he was being asked to speak because he had helped so many of these plumbers. And then he was also being asked to speak at website developer meetings because he had created a, a replicable industry that other people could um, could copy, could could benefit from. So basically, he became an expert at that specific type of website. He didn't have to compete with the big, huge websites that were out there. He just created an, a niche or a niche that helped him become, uh, become very popular within the setting that he was in. And you can do the same thing. Uh, number four is that you don't want to rely on speaking gigs alone. <laughs> none of the examples that I gave you last week, none of the people that I've talked about this week, um, none of them um, built their, their uh, success on speaking. <laughs> the speaking gigs came long after they became successful at something, not long, but still after they became successful at doing the other thing that they were doing. You know, before Donald Trump became president, he was already a great speaker and he didn't make his money from speaking. He was a real estate tycoon. And then after he became a real estate tycoon, he became a TV mogul, right? So in the same way, my tech friend, the guy I just mentioned, he didn't, he, he didn't make any money speaking until 
after he helped dozens of small business double their, their revenue. After he did that a few times, he became very popular, though. So although both of these people make significant money speaking now, each still makes more from their professions. The revenue they generate from speaking is just icing on the cake. In addition, most professional speakers use their speeches to generate additional types of revenue. Some sell books that they wrote. Um, others speak to find new customers. Still others speak to build their brand so that they increase their popularity and can generate either more sales or more speaking gigs, that kind of thing. Sure, there are a few people out there who make most of their income from professionally speaking. However, these people only account for a very, very few of the top professional speakers that are out there. So the last attribute of a, of a great professional speaker is that a good professional speaker has to have a tough skin. <laughs> Even really famous people like uh, comedian Jerry Seinfeld, he's been booed off the stage more times than he can count. So when you're a public speaker, you're in the public eye, which opens you up to criticism. Not everyone is going to agree with all of your ideas 100% of the time. The key is to not take it personally. Smile and let it pass. Take your lumps, stand behind your beliefs, and explain yourself as, as best you can. Trust that there will be more people benefiting from your work than people who want to tear you down. In addition, as you perfect your craft, you're going to screw things up. I mean, I sometimes just for fun, I go back and look and listen to, I listen to my very first podcasts, or I look at my early YouTube videos back when I was a little chunkier and that kind of thing. Every time that I do this, I think, what in the heck was I thinking? Oh my God, I didn't, I knew nothing back then, right? Uh, so you'll get better as a professional speaker every time that you come off stage. Success or failure is going to cause you to grow. Um, you'll also get a lot of people saying no along the way. So you're going to go to them, ask them if you can speak to them. They're going to say no. This is normal. However, as you as you perfect your, your speech and you grow as a professional, success is really kind of the best revenge so, by the way, if you want to become a professional speaker, you know, sometimes you just kind of have to get creative. Public speakers get get to be on the stage for one reason. They're creative. They, they think outside the box and they encourage others to think the way that, that think outside the box as well. So um, you'll likely have a different way of looking at the world or dealing with everyday problems and situations. If you share them, though, that's why people want to hear you and they, that's why they want to come come and listen to you speak. Remember that the best ideas aren't necessarily the ones that are rehashed over and over again. They're the ones that are unique and different. So use that as you kind of go into your career as a speaker. So thanks a lot for being a part of the Fearless Presentations podcast. We'll see you next week. Bye y'all. Subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week.